everyone. I'd like to invite you to listen to a new podcast called Artrageous. It's a podcast about the truly outrageous stories of the art and design world. I'm your host, Carrie, and each week we'll cover stories that are just plain crazy. Join me every Thursday for a new episode with stories from art theft, fraud, crime, and mysteries to designer drama, fun conversation tidbits, and discussions about current events. Find Artrageous wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Until then, stay Artrageous. Stove Lake Media, igniting conversation. Welcome to the 114th episode of the Pulling Tart Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Bobby Kuhn. Coming to you live from my man cave in Millsboro, Delaware. It's great to be back this week, and we have Jim Tarabokia, former media and broadcast and player relations coordinator for the Toronto Blue Jays of the Florida operations side of things. If you like this episode, make sure to go back and listen to all the older ones. Uh, there's something back there for everyone, I promise. Uh, so many great stories back there and so many great people that work in minor league baseball. If you want a shout out, super easy, drop a rating and comment on Apple Podcasts. That helps drive us up the charts and turns more people into members of the TARP crew. Also, make sure to go follow the designated Twitter account for the podcast at PullingTARPPod. That's where you can find all up-to-date news about the Pulling Tarp Podcast and reach out about becoming a guest. That's where businesses can reach out as well to become sponsors. If anybody's looking for a unique uh, opportunity, a unique marketing opportunity there. And if you really want to, you can also follow me on Twitter at It's R.A. Kuhn. That's I-T-S-R-A-C-O-O-N. And... If you missed it, we do have merchandise. You can now get Pulling Tart Podcast stickers, coffee mugs, and wall art. You can find that on the Pulling Tart Podcast Twitter account. There's a uh, link in our bio. Um, and so, Or you can go to tpublic.com. That's T-E-E-P-U-B-L-I-C.com. With all of that being said, let's chat with Jim Tarabokia. I'd like to invite you to listen to a new podcast called Artrageous. It's a podcast about the truly outrageous stories of the art and design world. I'm your host, Carrie, and each week we'll cover stories that are just plain crazy. Join me every Thursday for a new episode with stories from art theft, fraud, crime, and mysteries to designer drama, fun conversation tidbits, and discussions about current events. Find Artrageous wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Until then, stay Artrageous. Jim, welcome on to the Pulling Tart Podcast. Super excited to have you on, man. Uh, so you're at a baseball now, just just like me. Um, 
what made you get out and what are you up to now? Uh, I got out in uh, end of March 2021. Okay. Um, COVID kind of threw a lot of things out of whack. A lot of people got um, laid off and whatnot, so more duties were added to my plate. Yeah. Um, and I just, at that point, I was I was kind of um, looking for my next challenge, and uh, I uh, really wasn't getting it where I was um, with the Blue Jays, and I think that uh, it was you know, time for me personally to move on. So at the time when I did resign, um, I had an opportunity to work for the company I'm working with now, um, Amerilife, a $3 billion company here in uh, Florida. Uh, It's an investment company and uh, an insurance company as well. Um, And one of my many duties, but a couple of my duties, um, I'm I'm not only um, helping with script writing, but the overall... Uh, aspect, a big portion of my job now, um, is editing and producing and, and um, compiling uh, shows uh, for radio and podcasts across the country okay. in different markets um, about investing and insurance and about some retirement as well. And okay. um, this is uh, something that has, it's it's still in its early stages. Um, you know, it's, it's not even a year old. Yeah. Um, but we're getting the opportunity to, you know, they said, you know, I heard this once in, when I was working with the Blue Crabs, actually, um, that the marketing department really doesn't, you don't get to see the value of what they're doing, mm-hmm. you know, and, and you, you're, you can't really, like, you can look at the sales wall, yeah. for example, and say, okay, um, you know, this person's selling this much or this person, you know, and measured by that. And you can't really do that with, with marketing or, you know, media relations, you know, yeah. to an extent, but... Um, here with the job I'm currently doing, um, I, I get, you know, we get the opportunity because there is, um, that bottom line that's still there with more radio shows that continue to be added. Um, the more people that sign up with those, um, those advisors, um, we get a kickback and, you know, not to bore everybody with the, with the details, but, um, it, it's a pretty cool, pretty cool gig because now being a wing of the, the marketing department, actually getting to see, um, that we're contributing to the bottom line is mm. uh, is pretty cool. So it's a it's a really cool project um, that that I'm working on. I'm working with some good people, and okay. happy I'm doing it. Very cool, very cool. I'm also in the insurance world now. Um, I'm I'm with uh, State Farm on the sales side, but I also do some marketing for the local agency that I work for too. So. Um, that, that was kind of the thing, you know, in baseball, I, I remember, especially in, when I worked in Beloit and the team president was, you know, I was in charge of the marketing budget and where to allocate that and that kind of stuff. And his thing was always like, well, what's the ROI going to be on this investment? And I was like, come on. Like, I don't, that's, that's like, I don't, I don't even know what, like, it's, it's impossible for, for me to tell you how many people are going to buy tickets from this radio ad or, you know, at that time it was like Pandora, you know, was, was big. And I was like, I don't know how many people are going to buy tickets from this Pandora ad. I, I have no idea. Like I, I, that's such a tough question. You're, you're right. Like nobody sees like, you know, how the marketing really affects it until like long term, you know? So. Uh, I don't think it's in, at least in sports. I mean, I, it's kind of different. With, you know, working for you know an investment and mm-hmm. um, 
you know, and, and just an investment company in general. Um, but I think with the, the marketing side of sports, um, if it's not major league level, if it's not NFL team, um, you know, NBA and NHL, et cetera, if it is a, in your case, and, and even in my case with the Blue Crabs, um, because technically when I was with the Blue Jays, I worked for Toronto. Mm-hmm. We were, because I, I working for a major league organization. We were, um, for, they were the Florida operations department. So it was a little bit, um, marketing was, I think in general, um, it was more appreciated certainly, but, um, you know, when I remember working with the blue crabs, you know, to your point, um, I went into my boss's office in 2016. Um, and I know you had Tim on this podcast, a friend of mine, he could probably vouch for this. Mm-hmm. I went to her office and I, I said, you know, I would love to, um, you know, do a wrestler night. Cause I knew that wrestler nights across the country throughout minor league baseball were huge. You know, yeah. they were drawing some pretty big numbers, you know, for whatever reason, people love seeing a wrestler throw first. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. But we were in Maryland and it was, you know, Maryland championship wrestling was only about an hour away. So I saw this as, you know, a cross marketing opportunity. We could tap into a brand new, um, a brand new market of fans, a brand sure. new group, you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, we, we could cross promote with them. I mean, there were so many things that we could have done, which we did eventually. Um, but I remember when I told her that, um, she literally said to me, looked me square in the face and said, you can do it. But this is your amount of money and you're on your own. And, uh, we ended up getting Mickey James. Uh, I'm not a wrestling guy, yeah. but, um, uh, I know she was with the WWE and, and, um, that night ended up being the third highest grossing night in 2016 season. So okay. it really worked out. And yeah. I, after I left, I know that they did it a couple more times as well. So, mm-hmm. you know, you run into those things, um, those challenges oh, yeah. sometimes working in, in minor league baseball. Um, if you're not sales, um, you know, you don't, it's, it's, you're going to run into some challenges. Um, but those, that's one of the, uh, finer moments of my career though. Um, I was really hoping that night would work out. It did. There you uh, go. That was my first, I guess, I don't know. I guess it was my first real foray into um, into marketing and doing a, a promotional night like that. I never, yeah. I didn't really have much experience doing that. Okay. Um, and getting a chance to, to do that, you know, kind of going in with the blinders on and learning as I as I went, and then to have it be a success, um, that was a pretty good starting point for me. Yeah, yeah. I mean that that does sound like it was a real success. I I had some ideas that that were a success but then i also had some ones that were that were kind of flops too um but yeah. well i can tell it's funny you know there were i mean i've seen flops before too you know um there in 2015 um we had a diamond dig uh-huh. and uh, our assistant general manager who ended up becoming the general manager in 2016 um she gave everybody who participated in this diamond dig um shovels that you would use the beach to dig to, to dig sand and yeah. make sand castles you know and um the infield the entire infield was just torn up i mean it was torn to shreds mm-hmm. um and i think the organization had spent like three or four thousand dollars to get the proper equipment in to actually fix uh, the infield i remember my friend at the time still a friend of mine the groundskeeper i mean i saw him in the dugout um after that that diamond dig that same night and um he was just looking out of the field. He was, it looked like he was having a panic attack. And oh, he was just okay. kind of, he, he was like, it, it, he was just staring out at the field. Um, he was, it, it was, he was like, he was traumatized. He couldn't believe it. So yeah, I mean, things <laughs> like that, for example, I mean, things flop, you yeah. know, and that's, um, as much as I know about marketing, um, you know, that's, uh, it happens sometimes, you know, I'm, I'm you know, I'm learning that now 
certainly with you know we've got a lot of um, shows across the country investment shows that we're that we're working on that we're producing and, and editing on a weekly basis mm-hmm. um you know I, putting a lot of scripts together but there, there are just some markets that um that don't want it you know and um there's some people that just don't want to do it so you know it happens and you're gonna do yeah yeah that's for sure um <clears throat> so your favorite color has to be blue um, because you work for the Southern Maryland Blue Crabs and the Blue Jays. So I guess, obviously, those are two completely separate, very different organizations. So I just kind of wanted to know the biggest differences between working, you know, for the Southern Maryland Blue Crabs, who are independent, and then mm-hmm. with the Toronto Blue Jays. Um, well, I mean, you know, for one, um, you know, the name of the show is Pulling Tarp Podcast. I didn't have to pull tarp when I was with the Blue Jays. Oh, um, okay. I felt bad, too, because um, our groundskeeper, I'm always close to the groundskeepers for whatever reason, had the clubhouse guys. Yeah. Um, you know, but but Brian, who was a clubhouse guy, you know, in Dunedin, he was, I mean, um, obviously, like the rest of us on the uh, payroll, you know, mm-hmm. in Toronto, but he, um, you know, I, I felt bad sometimes. I have this, yeah, you know, um, he, but he had his crew and he had his guys, you know, and so did Pat Skunda, who was the head of the grounds and on in Florida and Florida operations, and um, they have their guys, and, they, and a lot of times they would even tell. I remember my they told my boss at one time because um, he said, "Hey, you guys need help, whatever, um, covering the field for I think it was like spring training game against uh, Red Sox in uh-huh. 2018." And they said, no, 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 keep them off, keep everybody off, because they know, just know how to do it. They know how to pull. They know how to, you know, be efficient with it. You right. know, they know they've encountered all the, the elements, you know, if it's, I mean, raining hard, windy, you know, we know how to get this thing on. You know, mm-hmm. we're most familiar with it. So, um, you know, I, I, I didn't, you know, like the rest of us, I really didn't have to pull tarp when I was with, uh, with the Blue Jays. It's a good thing working okay. for, you know, a major league organization. So that, that was probably one of the biggest differences. I okay. think, that, you know, um, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, working spring training, you know, and getting everything ready for spring training, taking a whole year to, you know, I mean, it, it, in a way, um, the advanced day season at the time, uh, there was advanced day, you know, yeah. that kind of, yeah, it, it took precedence, um, you know, for six months. But once that was over, um, you know, I remember mid after 2017, after that season, after we won the Florida State League championship, um, at Steinbrenner Field, um, I remember. Uh, I think it was two days later. Um, I think it was two days later. Yeah, it was Friday. Yeah, it was Friday. I was I was, I was over at the complex, and then of course we had the weekend off because that hurricane hit. But yeah, I was right. I was over at the complex helping out, and doing some you know, clerical work over there. Yeah, you know, get shit ready. Um, and then you know. Uh, yeah, and then from from that moment on, you know, middle of September until, I mean, you know, first game of spring training, we're getting everything ready, whether it be you sure. know, my end media relations, um, whether it be the game program, whether it be just setting things up, um, you know, for 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 people, you know, making mm-hmm. sure that um, everything's where it needs to be. So, um, yeah, I mean that that's that's pretty that was pretty much that's pretty much the Florida operations end of. Um, of what I did and working for the Blue Jays, and that was probably the the biggest difference because you had two two seasons to worry about spring training, um, which came pretty quick, you know, yeah. and then of course the the Dunedin season. 
Right, right, man. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure it was just two different worlds completely, for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, you felt, you know, I mean, I didn't have to do any stadium ops when I was with the Blue Jays, you know. Um, you, you just felt that there was a little bit more breathing room, you know, yeah. um, to, to to kind of to just do things and be able to do your own job, you know. Um, I remember when I was with the Blue Crabs, um, you know, in, in March of 2016, for example, um, we spent that whole month um, taking out seats and putting new seats in. Uh, um, yeah. And we were doing that for um, potential new buyers and a possible affiliation that never happened. So uh, we put in these new seats. And, you know, we, we had to bust our backsides. And then there was all this painting we had to do. And I remember we had to paint the suites. And then we had to, you know, put up signs. And, and I, d- I didn't do any of that in my five years with, with the Blue Jays. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure. You know, so I think, you know, there's just more more breathing room you know and, mm-hmm. and it's just um you know i don't want to say it i mean for lack of a better term it's it's just it's just run more efficiently because sure. obviously there's there's more money sure sure absolutely um while you were with the blue jays um you were on what was that called around the nest the um yeah. the, the minor league yeah. blue jays podcast um a former guest uh jesse goldberg strassler was yeah. was also a regular on that podcast. Uh, Jesse's gone on to. Uh, I always did say he was going to call some games in the major leagues, and he and he yeah. finally did that um, here this season. Uh, what was it like being on a podcast pretty regularly with Jesse? Yeah, yeah. There, there was. Uh, you know what? Uh, dude, there's nobody more deserving than, than Jesse. Mm-hmm. Um, getting that opportunity i was really happy for him when he when he ended up getting that not just because he deserved that opportunity um but because if anybody's ever heard him call a game it is silky smooth um yeah and the guy is so well versed and he's so um he's so he's just so incredibly talented um, yes at at what he does and Mm -hmm. he makes it look easy his stories um you know some people aren't storytellers some people just you know stick to that stick to the action you know right. they just kind of go up there and, and you know do the game and do whatever um but jesse did did the game and also told really good stories um easy guy to get along with you know and um i was really happy to see that mm-hmm. um, i wish i had gotten a chance to work with him just in general and ever i never unfortunately never did but yeah um you know that that was that's a guy who uh you know I, i'd love to work with someday but yeah i mean doing the around the nest you know um gosh i remember the first time i did it i filled in for him in 2019 okay i enjoy doing it every week you know i added it to my uh you know to my to-do list if you will to kind of prepare for that you know mm-hmm. and at times i i kind of you know would, would bs my way through it um because i just didn't know what to say yeah uh, but you know i i didn't want to put it out my best effort at least in preparing for it for jesse yeah. Um, cause he did so much work putting it together. But I remember when I first hosted it in 2019, um, gosh, I filled in for him. I was terrible. I mean, yeah. I was just, I mean, I was terrible. And I, I said to myself after I was done, I think I might have texted him this. I said, it's finished. You're welcome to post it. It's not good. I'm never going to host a podcast ever in my life. And huh. here I am now doing two podcasts a week, you know? Yeah. Um, and so I, I don't know. I was just terrible at it, but, you know, I, I guess I I figured it out, you know, never say never, but um, I always enjoyed doing that podcast, and uh, I didn't enjoy hosting it because I wasn't good at it, you know, <laughs> but, uh, well, uh, yeah, you know. 
Well, if, uh, I'm sure you, you know, got better. If, if Jesse ever needed to fill in for his new podcast, you know, he'd have a lot better of a um, and more distinguished podcast host. <laughs> I'm I'm sure you got you got better at it. I'm sure you're just being tough on yourself. Mm. Um, no, no, I'm not. I was <laughs> bad. I listened back to it. And I, I I mean, I cringed. It was like. I mean, it was. I took. I had to take in college this uh, TV course. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, my track was PR, but I had to take a TV course. Yeah. You know, forty five thousand dollars a year. I guess you know, I could take this course anyway. Um, so I, I, I remember watching myself on camera, watch myself back on camera, and I was like, oh my god, like I just got the chills, you know. And I haven't got. And that, yeah. that, that was back, I think, in 2011, 2012, and in twenty nineteen, I, I'm, I'm well into my career, somewhat at this point. You know, I'm still young, but in my career, and I'm still getting. You know those chills like I've never you know done this before. It was, it was awful, and so you know, I hope it's deleted and erased forever. <laughs> That's funny. I uh, I call uh, Jesse the voice so nice they named him thrice. That was um, yeah. That was one of the guys I worked with in Beloit. He knew he knew Jesse, you know, from prior years, and that's what he called him. Um, but it's I, amazing, you know. Everybody seems to know Jesse. Oh yeah. You know, I mean, the guy's a he's the. Uh, Man, he's the captain of networking. Yes. You know, um, but you know, you you need you know. I've always said this, um, and I don't care what company you're in, uh, you know, but especially minor league baseball. Um, you know, you you need, and it goes you know, major league baseball and, and whatnot. But um, you know, you, you need good people, you know, in the front office. Yeah. You know, especially in minor league baseball because you're just always close knit and you're always close to each other. And, mm-hmm. Um, if you don't have good people in that front office, then you're. It could be you know, very, very it's bad. It's just everything. Yeah. I mean, it would just trickle down even to the players in the clubhouse because they'll oh, yeah. get that bad vibe. But, um, you know, you if you if, if I could create 200, 300 Jesses to work across baseball, work across sports, yeah. you know, um, then I, I think that the industry would be, would be better off. For sure, for sure. I love his broadcasting style because it's like. You can be a really big baseball fan and enjoy his broadcasts, and but you could also be tuning in f- to a baseball game for the first time, like on the radio, and you know exactly what's going on. And it's kind of crazy that like he can explain the game of baseball to somebody that like has never listened to a game on the radio before, but still be appeasing to the diehard fans. And yeah. Yeah, it's kind of hard, I feel like, to hit both of those aspects. But he does it very, very well. Um, but So you're hosting two podcasts now. I was only aware of one. Um, I, I knew about The Lab. What's the, what's the other one? So the other one, we just actually started. Um, I, okay. I started with um, Cassie Riley Bosha, who won the um, national championship with um, University of Alabama in softball in 2012. Okay. Uh, she's right around my age, and um, uh, you know, she's also someone who's very well versed in not just softball, not just coaching, but hitting too. Sure. Um, but we kind of wanted to make it different, and um, the podcast. Its name is Cross Functionality. Um, that's a word that I borrowed from a lot of um, front office executives who like to, you know use these big words, you know, mm-hmm. at the major league level, and they like to, you know, say that you know, certain areas of baseball operations are cross-functional. And so um, the way I came up with this name was um, this podcast that we do, um, it's an intersection between baseball and softball, um, 
not just hitting, pitching, but coaching, um, hosted by a former college baseball player, myself, former college softball player, her, male and female. Um, and we, on a daily basis, um, on a weekly basis, we talk about um, a variety of coaching topics as it relates to baseball and softball players. Um, right. Mindsets, you know, there's a lot of things out there now, and this is the reason I started the Hidden Podcast too, there's a lot out there with Hidden um, on social media that's just not correct. You yeah. Know? And uh, there's a lot of garbage out there. And, I, and I'm not against people going out to make a living, you know, and try to make as much money as they can. Um, you know, people want to give them their money to teach their kids. Hey, that's cool. I'm off. Mm-hmm. Whatever, man. That's great. Yeah. I'm all for it. You know, you make your money the way you make your money. That's yep. cool. I don't, you know, yeah. You know, I, I'm lucky enough to know who to go to when I have kids, you know, and, yeah, and who, to, true. who to send to my kids. Yeah, I've got two coaches I, I do podcasts with. One I could send to hitting, the other one I could send for mental, mental coaching, yeah. you know, and Cassie. So, um, but that's the reason I, I started the, these podcasts because you know hitting and coaching there's a lot out there and I, and I think I found the two smartest people in the country um, in their respective fields that um, could kind of help decipher and, and yeah you know go through uh, all the stuff that's out there um, in podcast form I think that's how the best podcasts are they're in my opinion the best podcasts are ones that you can learn something from um, and uh, they're like books and uh, audio books so huh all right yeah yeah i dig it man that's that's pretty cool so yeah just kind of i i mean you you definitely went into um the cross functionality podcast but tell us a little bit more about the the lab uh the epstein hitting podcast that you host too uh jake and i started that in april of 2000 april 20th okay um 2020 all right and uh First episode was, um, was it? So Monday. It was Monday. Yeah. The days never changed. Um, the format's gone through some maturations. Uh, okay. And the way we stream has gone through maturations. We started using Skype and then we now we use StreamYard. We use Zoom at one point. Okay. Um, but really, again, it goes back to just, um, you know, sifting through all the, the shit that's out there, you know, with hitting um, yeah. on social media. And we thought, you know, um, well, first of all, one thing with Jake too, he's uh, my former hitting instructor. Uh, cool. We've always kept in touch. Um, and he, his father played for Ted Williams at the major league level for the Washington Senators. All right. Um, Ted Williams taught his dad and gave him a certificate of uh, likeness or signed it. I'm sure he might have to get Jake on the next podcast. To learn okay. That. But um, yeah, and, and he passed his teachings down, Mike did, to his son, Jake, who was my hitting instructor. And, um, you know, I think, you know, every time I, I watch a major league hitter, you know, hit all, all the stuff I see on social media, everybody likes to compare, you know, with a metrics, their own metrics video and this and that and their drills that they do compared to the video of major league hitters. Every time I watch a major league hitter from the side, I see the core fundamentals of what Jake teaches and what I look at in a hitter too and what okay. makes a hitter successful. Um, and so that's why I wanted to start this podcast. Um, you know, hitting for me was always my favorite thing to do when I played baseball. And, um, it, you know, it's, it's, it started out as a hitting podcast and we kind of turned it into more of just 
reacting to what we see in whether it be college baseball, whether it be the draft, whether it be Major League Baseball as pertains to the offensive side. And then we go into our main topic on a daily basis because there's so much out there about mm-hmm. hitting that we can talk about um, from the mental and physical side. And, um, you know, usually it's about 45 to 50 minutes long. Again, the yeah. Lab FC Hitting Podcast, and I'm doing a plug for it right now. Hey, go Apple, for it. Google, Spotify, iHeart, TuneIn, Pandora, and then our YouTube page, the Lab FC Hitting Podcast. By the way, cross-functionality is available on all those platforms as well perfect on youtube softball strength academy um but that's yeah that's pretty much the gist of it and um we we talk about hitting as pertains to both baseball and softball players um you know um with uh whether it be high school middle school nine years old college or pro okay very cool but yeah my my nephew is eight years old and he's playing travel baseball and He's he's always talking about baseball, which which I love, obviously, and um, he he's upset because he I think he's one of the only kids on the team that hasn't hit a home run yet. And I was like, yeah. dude, that doesn't matter. I was I was like, there's plenty of guys that had you know long careers in Major League Baseball that didn't hit a lot of home runs. I said yeah. the, I said the most important thing is to get on base. And I said you don't even have to get a hit if you get a walk. That's, you know, you're contributing to the team hopefully winning. And it's hard for him to see that right now at eight years old, obviously. But but I just try I try to tell him that. He he could probably benefit from from the lab, for sure. Yeah, well, you know what? We have listeners from all over the world, according to metrics. So, okay. You know, we really appreciate the listen. Yeah, yeah. All Mind right. you, we do say some curse words. So um, just give that disclaimer. Yeah. That's yeah, okay. Mostly it's me. Sometimes, you know, I'll, uh, but. Yeah, he's probably heard me say those words anyways, so. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, so obviously you were behind the mic for, for some of the, you know, Blue Jays spring training games and the Dunedin mm-hmm. games as well. Um, what's the most memorable call you, you had? I don't think there's one. Um, uh, you know, I'm, I, I, there's not really one, and I, I apologize. I know it's not giving you a good answer, but you're good. There really is not one because I think all you know that experience for me, all of it was good experience. You know, I mean, I you know making out game notes every day, great experiences. Um, and True. I always, uh, you know, I always look back. I don't like to look at just one experience in general say at point to that one say that's the best that was the best day ever right um because i'd be missing out on so many other other experiences even even some some bad experiences i know you're asking me a question about pulling tar but i have a great experience and a great story about that at the time that wasn't a, the greatest experience but i look back on it now and i i look back on it fondly so um you know if i look back on it fondly on some of the stuff that i hated doing um you know and i look back you know looking back fondly on the stuff that i really like to do Mm-hmm. And just kind of looked at it singularly from that perspective. I don't think I'd be doing it justice. So I mean, it was just kind of a combination of things and, and memories I'll never forget. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Um, what was the most other duties as assigned moment in your baseball career? Yeah. Uh, so when I first got to the Blue Crabs, um, I had to to paint uh, a curb. Uh-huh. outside the ballpark okay um and luckily i had a friend his name was greg jensen 
uh, who helped me finish it. We're still friends to this day. We actually grew up in the same area okay. in New Jersey, so it's funny how you know life works out. There. Yeah. But um, I think he's still in Maryland. In a while, but he's uh, he helped me out with it. He was um, our community relations coordinator, um, and he helped me you know finish it up. But I found out later that I wasn't supposed to paint the whole thing, and that my boss told somebody time that my boss was the same woman who became the GM in 2016 she told somebody um to just kind of let me do it to the whole thing just to fuck with me oh god so that was probably you know the most minor league thing that um, yeah you know that I've ever done so, you know, <laughs> so just goes to show you that that I met a lot of you know really cool people working in minor league baseball um you know but uh, I've really, I've also met some real scumbags too. No doubt about it. Yeah, I think, I think, I think we all have. Yeah. Now, now, mind you, that I also had the chance to, and you had Tim on this podcast before Tim Lillis. Yeah. We're talking about. Uh-huh. Um, him and I, we had a chance to work together, uh, and in, I think it was February, maybe of 2016, we had to paint the suites for the um, new ownership that. You know, who was supposed to buy the team but never did, and the affiliation that was supposed to, you know, take over the team but never did. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're paying these suites on a Saturday morning, and Tim and I are working together, and we're literally getting no work done because we're just talking about the most random shit ever, like Seinfeld moments. We're talking about <laughs> like, you know, just whatever sports, you know, oh, um, yeah. you know, movies, um, and we're just just shooting the shit. Yeah. And we're not getting anything done to a point where um, the assistant GM, and this was in 2016, so it was a different person. She had to come in and take me away and move me to a different suite because we just weren't painting. We weren't getting anything done. <laughs> but, I mean, we had to, you know, we were painting, but, you know, whatever. Yeah. We were painting the suite. We weren't getting anything done. But that was, I look back on that, and that was a blast. Oh, you know, of we were just shooting the shit. So, um, you know, that was, that was a, you know, one of those, to your question, one of those moments of, you know, was the most minor league baseball thing you had to do. It was that was one of them, but that was also one of one of the positives. Yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah. I I definitely have a lot of those moments where I could I should have been getting more things done, but just kept on shooting the shit, you know. It yeah, it's easy to do it you know, when you're with like minded people, you know, like yeah. yourself. So At True Crime Cast, we cover the big names and cases that everybody wants to hear, but we specialize in the small town unknown cases you've never heard of. If you're listening to True Crime Cast, you'll hear us give the details of each case and our analysis of whether or not justice is served. Find us wherever you find your favorite podcast. Y'all should go ahead and subscribe and join in on the conversation. I'm Jamie. And I'm John. This is True Crime Cast. Right. Uh, what's the weirdest comment or message that you've received while running a team's social media accounts? Um, I think it might have been with Blue Jays. Um, I think somebody might have called us like a fascist team or something. I don't know because uh-huh. we did something with ticket prices. I don't know. I don't remember. 
but it was so, it was something that that was like fascist or something, you know, um, or accused us of that. Uh, showing my creative partner, and she kind of just like looked like well, give that that astounded look. You know, it's <laughs> baseball. You know, our tickets are you know, you know, the Blue Jays. They were eleven bucks. Not even. Right. I mean, you know, they're five five bucks on like Sundays. So, yeah. You know, you know, you're not breaking the bank coming to our our games. You know? Yeah. That's yeah, a lot of the social media I didn't do too much with with the blue crabs. Um, okay. Um, more so with the blue jays, I guess. Um, but even then, I mean, Allison, who was my creative partner, she would, you know, yeah, work a lot of it. Yeah, I figured. I figured you probably only did like the stuff like like the actual baseball stuff, you know, like in Yeah, I mean, stuff. a lot of it, you know, was if there was like something in the game notes that I wanted to include, you sure. know, kind of email her, hand it over to her, and I'd let her, you know, tweet it out, even sometimes tweet it out with some artwork, you know, because, okay. you know, she was brilliant, um, you know, with her, with her art and, and yeah. her graphic design, so. Cool, cool. Um, so you obviously traveled with the team, um, you know, a little bit, at least, at least with, uh, the Blue Jays. I don't know if you did with, uh, the Blue Crabs, um, but. I did, uh, okay. sometimes I did with the Blue Crabs. Uh, okay. one time where my boss demanded that in 2016, the GM, she demanded that I go up there to, uh, York. Oh, okay. Yeah, for, to go to York for a 10.30 game, for 10.30 a.m. game. So I had to leave the ballpark at, like, 7. Yeah. And I had to drive my own car up there, and I asked for, uh, reimbursements, and I didn't. I got no reimbursement. What? Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, that was there was that one time, but then other times yeah. I would take the bus. But yeah, I would you know travel with the Blue Jays up and down the state of Florida. Man, well yeah, when I was with Beloit, like Beloit was a very cheap team, but even yeah. even like for stuff like that, like when we went to like meeting like business meetings that were kind of far away we we got at least mileage you know for that yeah so, i didn't get that wow that's crazy yeah. um but so you traveled around a little bit with the teams um what was the best concessions item that you've gotten to try oh geez um you know i loved going to clearwater um you know I, it was first of all it was 10 minutes not even yeah. five minutes down the road from Dunedin. Okay. Um, and, you know, I, their cheesesteaks, you know, their chicken tenders, um, their staff, their um, food staff is tremendous. Um, so I, 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 you know, I, I know it's, it's easy to say, but, um, you know, I really enjoyed going there, you know, and getting, you know, taste of, taste of home, taste of Philly type yeah. food. Well, all right. Well, I'm a big cheesesteak fan too. So um, I know you. You said you're from New Jersey. Um, you're a big cheesesteak guy. What What part of Jersey are you from? I'm originally from a town called Marlton, New Jersey. It's okay. about thirty minutes outside of uh, Philadelphia. Okay. I'm from Williamsport, Pennsylvania. So okay. home of the Little League World Series. Of course, yeah. Um, but the town I'm I'm in or that that I grew up in was split between Pittsburgh fans and Philly fans, and I I chose the Philly route. So um, I'm sure we can we can wallow in our misery together as as Philly fans. Well, I'm not really a Philly fan per se. Um, you know, I guess I'm more of a I'm not really a fan. I guess you know this working in sports that you you know you kind of lose that fan of that. Oh yeah, kind of. 
you know, you're kind of there, um, and you've seen pretty much everything. You right. Know? Um, you're, are you a Birds fan? No, no. Um, you know, it was cool when they won the Super Bowl, but no, I'm more of a Lightning fan. I've season tickets to the Lightning. Okay, so cool. I'm a Tampa Bay Lightning fan, but even then, I'm kind of just, I just go to the games to, yeah. you know, have a good time and just something to, something to do and something to get my dad out of the house. Okay. You know, you're get, not a you Sixers know, fan either? Give, give my mom a break. Um, I mean, I like the Sixers too. They're fine. You yeah. know, again, I'm just, you know, watching, you know, I watch a lot of baseball. You know, yeah. I evaluate a lot of players and go from there. So, um, right. you know, that's kind of my, my number one sport, you know. But, sure. you know, I do watch college football. You know, living down south, I enjoy watching college sure. football. And, um, you know, and I, I really enjoy watching the NFL. I worked for the Buccaneers for two years okay. um, as a game day assistant. So, you know, during the football season at times, I was working six days a week, you know. Yeah. Um, but working in their communications department was fun, you know. Um, but working there has kind of spoiled that fandom for me. Of, you oh, know, so, sure. You know, um, so, I, you know, I don't know. I know it's, it's a bad answer. No, I, I, don't, I don't really have I to. get it. I get it. Um, you know, I have people that ask me, they're like, they find out that I work in baseball. They're like, oh, you must be, you know, a huge fan. Like, who's your favorite team? And I was like, I, sure. like, I don't really have a favorite team anymore. Like, I, li- I live in Birdland, so I, I like the Orioles. Like, I live in Del- Delaware right now. And, um, and then the last team I worked for was an Orioles affiliate. So, and then I was like, but, you know, part of me will always like the Phillies. I worked for a Phillies affiliate. I also worked for an Oakland A's affiliate and then yeah. guys get traded or they get, they sign elsewhere and you know, they're on different teams and like, yeah, I, I just don't have one team anymore. So, you know. what, um, just out of curiosity, uh-huh. uh, what year, uh, did you work for Beloit? I was in Beloit from 2013 to 2017. Okay. So you probably know, uh, we'll talk about this all, but you probably know, a person who became my intern, um, who I eventually fired in 2016. Oh, interesting. <laughs> I can't wait to hear who that was. She came from, she came from Beloit. Oh, I think I know who you're talking about, and I can't wait to wait to chat with you about that. Couldn't wait to kick her out yeah. the door. It was yeah. the only firing I ever did. First of all, uh, I, I'll say this, until I, I wasn't, uh, you know, I didn't have much hiring power when I was, um, working in professional baseball and i think that if i ever returned that would be one of the one of the one of the contingencies of me coming back i want a little bit of say in who we hire you know yeah. uh, because uh i didn't hire her and uh, i was forced to fire her you yeah. know it's kind of very awkward and weird for me at the time i was young i was younger younger you know at the time and i didn't do that yeah you know, i didn't know how to do that so it was, you know i i did both i hired her and i fired her so um and for good reason. So, um, we'll, we'll get into that for sure. I, I've, I've, I've talked about it on the podcast before. I mean, I, I've never mentioned names obviously, but I've, well, this, this person really, I mean, she really made an impact if you're, if we're talking about it again on a podcast, how yeah. many years later? Well, it, Crazy. Take, it takes a lot. Some people just make an impact. It takes a lot to get fired from the Beloit snappers as an okay. intern. Um, yeah. I mean, all we were, we were paying them like a couple hundred bucks, you know, a month and, and 
like the the housing was free for us because it was you know a sponsorship thing and so it really took some doing to get fired from the bullet snappers as an intern for sure but we'll we'll talk about that offline i can't wait Um, oh i i didn't realize i knew that's where she went but i didn't put two and two together until you said it wow oh gosh (laughs) <laughs> so what's the best promotion that you've seen in your baseball travels oh wrestler night yeah. by far my night okay that was yeah. the best one you killed it with that best one <laughs> got mickey james i got a whole new audience it, it was a promotion that that bled into the next two years that they could make money off of um mickey james was uh i, I mean you know she was beautiful physically beautiful person you know, tremendous to talk to. Mm-hmm. Um, great with the fans. She had a good arm for a good first pitch. So, okay. yeah. And I would, again, I, I mentioned the story earlier about how that all came about. So I was very, very proud of that. So, yeah, that's my favorite. That's good. Definitely, by that, far. That's awesome. What's the best story that you can share about traveling with the team? I know there's probably some that you can't share, but. You know, uh, there's a, I mean, I think just the camaraderie of being on the road with coaches and talking with coaches and becoming friends with those guys, you know, yeah. um, whether it be Johnny Schneider, who's now the manager of the Blue Jays, you mm-hmm. know, um, you know, he was our manager in 2017, uh, Cesar Martin, who I, I admire and, and the way he was managed, the way he managed the, the, the team and, and the guys in 2019, where we were basically playing on the road every game because, um, TD Ballpark was being renovated. You know, we were on the road pretty much every day, and he, we ended up becoming the—I mean, the best team in, in the league. Made the most wins that year. Um, so he, he's another guy, and, and you know, in some clown world, if I was the general manager of, of an organization, a major league organization, head of baseball operations, he'd be the first guy I called to, you know, um, inquire his interest in the interview about becoming a manager. You know. Okay. Um, so it really, I think it's those stories, you know. I don't yeah. really have a story in particular, you know. Okay. I have, you know, a couple. Um, you yeah. know, one guy who knocked on my room at one in the morning because he lost his belt for the eighth time, and then <laughs> thought I had another one. And I didn't, you know. Um, so there was that, you know, because I did player relations with the Blue Jays as well. So right. There was that that those duties too. Um, you know, but so I mean, I don't know. It was just more. It's it's it was just more the camaraderie, being yeah. around the coaches and learning so much, and just talking sure. to them and um, building those relationships. Yeah, yeah. I think I think one. Yeah, I, I'm with you with the camaraderie. Um, working with uh, Fran Reardon when he was in Beloit, and now he's the manager of tr- the AAA Las Vegas Aviators. Mm-hmm. Um, man, his stories because he he was from the um what what league was that the team that had rockford was in it and um, oh, it was the american association yes yeah um he was he was in that league um and he was a hall of famer in that league and uh yeah he had done all he was a hall of fame manager and player and uh he you know the a's picked him up at you know from from there and now he's doing triple a and uh in vegas and uh the stories he had to tell were, were just so yeah. awesome so i mean those are the type of people though that you meet and you know sometimes it ends up being a you know a general manager i remember our, our gm patrick day in 2015 
um, not the the lady that I'm talking about, the lady I reported to for two years, but um, Patrick Day. He was the GM in 2016 and then left um, and took the GM job uh, in Hartford, Connecticut. He just, oh, God rest man. his soul, he just passed away oh, recently. Um, I really, you know, he's somebody that was very supportive of me. I really enjoyed, you know, working for him. Um, but you meet people like him, those you know, personalities and those type of people that are caring and that are really good, true you know, good people that are trying to, you know, push a, a minor league baseball team forward into the, the green, you know, and, yeah. and, and make a profit. Um, and as he like, as he used to say, turn the market around, you know, and so you meet people like that and you meet, you know, coaches and managers. And um, I think that's what, what one of my favorite parts of being in the game, and of course, clubhouse managers too, you yeah. know, um, you know, I think that's one of my favorite parts of being you know, when I was working in the game. Yeah. Yeah. Clubhouse managers, you could always get anything you needed from the clubhouse managers. They, right. yeah, <laughs> uh, those those guys definitely have some stories for sure. Um, do you have any crazy tarp stories? Yeah, I thought about this today. So in twenty fifteen, uh, speaking of Pat Day, we were playing um, Somerset Patriots. They were in our league at the time, or mm-hmm. they went to affiliation, um, and. We were playing them in the championship, and it was raining. This was, you know, beginning of October, and it was raining. Jesus, for it felt like for like a week and a half straight. I mean, it just wouldn't stop fucking raining. Oh my God, <laughs> even it was raining in Somerset for God's sakes. We one of the games was wiped out because it was raining. I remember being in a hotel in New Jersey. I wanted to go to the. I don't want. I wanted to go to a gentleman's club. I was like, I have I had. I was fed up, you know. <laughs> Uh, it was just so, and I was like this, you know, I just had it with the rain, not the season, yeah, you know, right. the season could have went on for the next, you know, eight months, I could, I could care less. Sure. Um, and so we said, anyway, we split with Somerset up there and then we come back home and it's raining in Southern Maryland, right? It's raining in DC and I'm like, Jesus Christ. So we were playing and the players had to be out at a certain time, like affiliated ball had to be out at a certain time. Mm-hmm. But at that time with the Atlantic League, being that it was independent, they could, I think they had to be out by like October 10th or something like that okay so we had to get this championship series in. like we had to play it mm-hmm. whether it be you know rain shine tornado earthquake Ugh. hurricane it, it didn't it didn't matter yeah so we had to get this this thing in and, and it was uh you know i know being long wind here but it was um you know it was a friday you know and the game got wiped out at our place okay you know so we had basically a three-day window to play the rest of this series so um and I think we had three games left at the at most, three games left. Uh, so, and we ended up playing two. We lost, but we ended up playing two more. Okay. Um, so, Saturday comes, right? We get to the pat day, you know, tells us, hey, we get to the ballpark tomorrow at 8 a.m. Right. So, we get to the ballpark at, at 8 a.m. And my friend, who was the groundskeeper at the time, um, he, you know, we're, we're, we're all working on the field. And he said, none of you guys can leave, you know, unless you get permission to leave. Mm. Um, you know, and then of course we got permission to leave to go eat and up. We had to come back. Right. So, um, we ended up playing the game that day, um, at five o'clock. We okay. got the game in. Wow. And so after the game, I, uh, I, I, you know, I usually on the way in Southern Maryland, the way you go down to the clubhouse, you pretty much, you can go, you know, field level and get to the clubhouse that way. Uh-huh. 
and the clubhouse was beyond the outfield wall. And so okay. I would always pass my friend who was the groundskeeper, and we would shoot the shit, you know, every night, every day, you know, what about whatever, you know? Yep. And, you know, so I asked him, I said, so, you know, how's the field, whatever? He's like, this field is, is you know, part of my French. This field's fucked, you know, because <laughs> it's already, it was already wet from before. It was, I think it was, like, drizzling throughout that game, too, on that on that Saturday. And, um, and I go, well, you know, I mean, I've been here since 8 a.m. I can help you out, you know? And he's like, that'd be great, you know? So, and he already, he had his helpers, but they still, you know, so they're working on the infield. I'm blow-drying the outfield with the leaf blower, right? Okay. And so basically, I, I was there until I think probably twelve thirty at night. You know, yeah. the next day I had to be back. We had a game at four o'clock or five o'clock again. I had to be back. Yeah. Um, the next day to do all the media relations and stuff and get ready for the game by nine o'clock. So I'm back the next day at nine o'clock. Mm-hmm. Um, and that next day is Sunday. Um, I remember I got my work done early. I went into our club, which was called the Legends Club. I watched the Eagles play at the time, the Washington Redskins, now Commanders. Watched that whole game, Chip Kelly era. I watched the Eagles lose that game. Of course. And then I got ready an hour before the game. I got ready, and we had that game. We ended up losing. But when it was all said and done, over that 48-hour period or whatever it was, right, maybe close to 72-hour period, I was probably at that ballpark 55, maybe almost 60 hours. Yeah. Just to make sure get the field ready to pull tarps so it wasn't really one like pulling tarp story it was more yeah. than it wasn't one one instance it was more of you know kind of a whole weekend in october <laughs> just you know having to pull tarp pull it on pull it off not being able to leave the ballpark you know and mm-hmm. um helping out my friend and you know having a good time shooting the shit with him until twelve thirty at night and it was just right. a whole weekend at the ballpark you know um <laughs> all to pull tarp and you know try to get this series in and you know god bless pat day man when he you know when something was really you know he knew when to compartmentalize the things that were important and the things that weren't really that important right and he knew you know okay either they'll figure it out or whatever it's not important to the bottom line and he know he knew this was not only important to the bottom line we need to get this this series in yeah you know and he knew what was important and he knew hey this was going to take beer at 8 a.m you know saturday and we'll see what happens and uh you know i think you know a big reason we got that series in there's a lot of people you know yeah oh yeah but it was two people it was the grounds our groundskeeper cam at the time and it was pat day that's okay. the reason we got that series finished so. all right man that's awesome um all right where can the listeners find you on social media online this is this is your chance to plug anything so the the two podcasts that you do yourself, whatever. Uh, the Lab Epstein Hitting Podcast. Uh, myself, Jake Epstein, um, on Apple, Google, Spotify, iHeart, Pandora. I think we're on um, Amazon Music, um, and then our YouTube page, the Lab Epstein Hitting Podcast, um, and then Cross Functionality. Myself, Cassie Riley, Bosha. Apple, Google, Spotify, all the same audio platforms, and our YouTube page to watch the show, um, Softball Strength Academy, and you can find me on social media. I'm not as active as I should be on there, um, but uh, at Jim Tara on Twitter and uh, and Instagram. Okay. So, Got to get those Instagram numbers a little, a little yeah. higher. You know what? If I don't, <laughs> it's not the end of the yeah, world. Yeah, of course. <laughs> so. um, what's been the best walk-up or warm-up song you remember from your baseball career and whose was it um 
Comeche, I think it's called. Okay. Comeche. Alejandro Kurt. He still uses that walk up song, actually. Okay. Which is kind of cool. Comeche. All right. Perfect. Um, well, there was uh, one more. I don't know. A lot of Spanish guys, they had great songs. They always sure. did. Their music, always, the walk out yeah. music was great. It was yeah. always, always catchy. Okay. Captain Biggio changed his walk up song a lot, but. The song I liked the most with him, the one that I thought was great, was the um, I'm Still Flying, forget, you know, it was a song out that came out in 02. Okay. You know, I liked it as a kid, I forget who, who sung it, but. I think uh, I know what song you're talking about. I'm So Fly, or, yeah, I'm So Fly, it was that one. Okay, you know? okay. I like that one, yeah. All right. Well, Those are probably my, my two, my two favorites, you know? I'll try, I'll try to find both of them, I'll. It'll be a judgment call which one we ride out with, but well, you know, if, if uh, the sign of a good walk-up song is if I'm on my way home listening to it, yeah, in my car, there's the sign of a good walk-up song. For I sure. always be listening to La Meche, okay, or whatever it's called, you know, with Alejandro Kirk. So. All right, perfect. Danny well, Young, uh, left-handed pitcher, I think he may have gotten a shot in the big leagues. Um, he had a good one too, but I, I forget what it was what it was called. It was. Uh, was catchy one of those catchy ones okay. you know coming out of the bullpen and one of those ones yeah. that would get stuck in your head you know oh, yeah. non-stop and it was one of those ones that you you really liked or really got to like um more and more as the season you know moved along so mm-hmm. that was a guy i really liked danny young a lot it was a guy i left in i thought it was always a good pitcher um but it was a guy over in 2017 who started off in extended spring and um you know he was really angry about that got his chance to, to perform at the advanced day level um and he boy he before he actually ended up getting promotion to double a okay know? so he was wow. yeah and I, I think he was on the guy who, who made it to uh um, to the big leagues okay very cool very cool well we'll yeah, I see that for those guys yeah we'll ride out with uh lameche and um thank you so much jim for coming on the pulling tart podcast i Really appreciate it. Thank you. And um, we're going to talk a little bit offline about an intern that we both ended up firing, which is kind of wild. But, uh, again, thank you so much, man. Really appreciate it. And uh, let's stay in touch. All right, Mommy. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. You've listened to the Pulling Tarp Podcast, distributed by Stoveleg Media. Make sure you check out our page at stoveleg.com to learn more about Bobby and the rest of the show. Stoveleg Media, igniting conversation. Hello, everyone. I'd like to invite you to listen to a new podcast called Artrageous. It's a podcast about the truly outrageous stories of the art and design world. I'm your host, Carrie, and each week we'll cover stories that are just plain crazy. Join me every Thursday for a new episode with stories from art theft, fraud, crime, and mysteries to designer drama, fun conversation tidbits, and discussions about current events. Find Outrageous wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Until then, stay outrageous. 
At True Crime Cast, we cover the big names and cases that everybody wants to hear. But we specialize in the small town unknown cases you've never heard of. If you're listening to True Crime Cast, you'll hear us give the details of each case and our analysis of whether or not justice is served. Find us wherever you find your favorite podcast. Y'all should go ahead and subscribe and join in on the conversation. I'm Jamie. And I'm John. This is True Crime Cast. 